0: Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Listen, we are so excited for what we have going on here at TC and man, what God's gonna do in people's lives. Before uh, I even jump into this, I wanna give a shout out to four people that are watching us online right now, because I told them I would and they didn't believe me, but I'm telling you that I did or I would and now I am. But guys, in Japan, right now, I want you to put your hands together. From my crew over in Japan, a group of Marines that are watching us, Elijah, Lexi, Daniel, Malcolm, I told you guys I would do it, now I'm doing it, so uh, go ahead and give it. They're being faithful and investing in themselves through Transformation Church halfway across the world, guys, and so, man, shout out to you guys, phenomenal, 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 so. Man, so uh, one of the things that I know in my life is uh, that my wife, Ashley, loves surprises. She loves surprises. Like, she is, she just loves surprises. That's one of her love languages, right? Now, one of the things that I've realized about my wife is she hates the lead up to the surprise, but she likes the surprise. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, when I, when she finds out there's a surprise coming, she hates the fact that she doesn't know what's coming, but she loves the surprise. And so I, I, she'll find out something's happening. She's like, well, what's going to happen? I'm like, why would I tell you about your surprise ahead of time? She's like, well, what, what, who's going to be there? What's going to happen? Can you tell me more? I need more details. I'm like, no, first of all, you don't need more details about anything. <laughs> second of all, second of all, you don't, I don't need to give you this information. And so what happens is she, like, she wants the details of the surprise so it's like impossible to surprise her because then she goes on an investigating hunt. Ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all know how y'all can flip that switch and turn into like a private investigator and, just, and like, just boom. You're stalking on Facebook. You're looking through Instagram fees, Twitter. What were they doing six months ago, right? You're going on the bank account statement trying to see how much was spent in the last 30 seconds. And so she goes into that mode trying to figure out what's going on. Now, I've, I've been successful a few times in surprising her a little bit. And, and so... Uh, I've figured out things to do. I don't even allude to the fact that something's coming. I just kind of let her barely, like, I just say, hey, we're going to do this thing. And so then I surprise her. But one of the things that I've realized is that she doesn't like the lead up to the surprise, but she loves the surprise. And so since she doesn't love the lead up to the surprise and loves the surprise, so I just make it a point to constantly, hear me today, constantly be on mission. So I'm looking for every small way I can create a surprise for my wife. Gentlemen. Take notes, okay? So uh, every time, every small, and, and so uh, they're not even huge grand gestures sometimes. Sometimes it'll just be like we're, we're going out to eat somewhere. And so I'll just say, hey, babe, we're going out to eat tonight, blah, 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 and then we'll go. But I just won't tell her that two of her best friends are going to show up. And so she'll show up, and, and then all of a sudden the waiter will sit down four things of silverware, and she's like, who else is coming? And I'm like, what you talking about? And then she goes, who's coming? Who are they? Who have you talked to lately? Let me see your phone. I want to read your text message. And I'm like, calm down. But I love to do that for her because it puts me in a mindset of always being on mission. Turn to your neighbor and say, always on mission. It puts me in a mindset of always being on mission. Now, last week, we closed the service with this idea of always being on mission for just one more, right? And so we ended this service with an idea that I want to kind of start this service with and just kind of put it out there for you guys. Um, because for some of us, we have a hard time with this. So how do I share Jesus? Maybe you're new to the faith and you're going, man, Pastor Brad, I-, I love the idea of reaching people, but I'm just intimidated because what if I go to tell them about Jesus and they ask a question I don't know the answer to? Well, it's, it's really simple, guys. We're going to give you these four steps. And we gave them to you last week, but I just want to give them to you real quickly this week. The first one is that you've got to accept the personal responsibility. Hear me for a second today. If you love Jesus and he has saved your life, can you put your hands together one time? If Jesus transformed your life. Okay, perfect. That is all the people that have the responsibility through the Bible and the gospel to reach someone else far from God. So we all have this responsibility to reach people far from God. So I have to accept that it is my personal responsibility. Next, then I have to build a personal relationship with people. Now, it's not necessarily the case that the personal relationship that you have to build uh, has to be long. As a matter of fact, I do think that sometimes God puts us in front of people at a gas station or something to just tell them about how much he loves them. But what I know is that God wants to use us to reach people that are far from him. And sometimes the best way to do that is through a personal relationship. Y'all ever seen the people on the street corner? The Turner Burn guys? Turner Burn! Turner Burn! you're all going to hell. I'm like, no, sir, I am not going to hell. I can't speak for the people behind me, but not me. So I do believe that building a personal relationship oftentimes is the best route to introduce people to Jesus, right? Then what do you got to do? You got to share your personal story. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a story. Do you have a story of how God transformed your life? Do you have a story of how you were going to hell and now you're going to heaven? Do you have a story of how grace stepped in your life? And here's the thing, sharing your story doesn't have to be this huge deal. Sharing your story can actually be a pretty minimal idea. I talked to you guys last week about this idea of uh, the Tuscan Oven. Y'all remember the Tuscan Oven story last week? Y'all remember we talking about the mall last week? Listen, I went to the mall to eat after I talked about eating at the mall last week. I saw half of y'all there. I'm for real. We had that food court on lock, ladies and gentlemen. Like it was. Like, and so uh, I was taking pictures with everybody. They're all over my Instagram. But uh, what I know is the same way I talked to you guys last week about how much I love Tuscan Oven. And when I described the pizza, remember, I described it as like cheesy and melty and hot and bubbly and garlicky and oregano and the tomatoes and the onions. Y'all remember? See, I know. I can, yep. Remember how we talked about Krispy Kreme, how they're Pillowies of hot goodness. Yeah, there it is. You don't even got to chew, right? So we talked about that. One thing we didn't talk about last week, but I I figured I'd throw it in today. Y'all know how I feel about Chick-fil-A, the Lord's chicken. Come on. Yeah. So y'all been hearing about the, uh, they got mac and cheese now. I know. I just Listen, calm down. They're closed on Sundays. Calm down. Y'all can't go. Not today. They got mac and cheese now. One of my boys hit me up yesterday. Eli, he's like, hey, man, you, you heard about the mac and cheese at Chick-fil-A, right? It's fire. I was like, listen, man, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm personally ready to change my Chick-fil-A flavor profile. Because we all order the same thing. Y'all know what it, when you go to Chick-fil-A, you don't go to Chick-fil-A to figure out what you want. You go to Chick-fil-A for them to tell you what you're getting. Don't you? It's like, you're not prophetic ever in your life until you're looking at that menu. Lord, just speak to me. Like, are you trying to figure out if you want a sandwich? No, no, I'm trying to figure out how many sandwiches. Lord, speak to me. No, I'm good. So, But all that to say is as we describe those things and you start to like, like you, you're drawn to them, that's what, how we communicate Jesus. That's what it should be like to other people. I shouldn't be trying to convince people how badly they need Jesus. Let me just tell them about how good he is to me. And that's what it means to share your personal story. Who is Jesus to you? The day you didn't have hope, where did you find it? I found it at the cross. The day you didn't have peace, where did you find it? I found it in Jesus. The day you didn't have joy, where did you find it? I found it in that no matter what life throws at me today, my joy is rooted in an eternal promise that waits for me tomorrow. So we can take on the mind of Paul, like when he said, you can do whatever you want to me here on this earth, it's not going to change the fact that maybe tomorrow or maybe forever from now, I'm going to end up in heaven for eternity. And so we take on that mind. So we share our personal story. And then lastly, uh, one of the things that I think is always important is give the invitation. See, sometimes we do good about talking about Jesus, but we leave people wanting a next step that we don't offer. And so we actually give them a personal invitation. Now, maybe that just freaks you out. I am not in, I'm not praying with nobody. Well, if nothing else, invite them to church and let us pray with them. But hear me today. The greatest impact in the world around you is going to be done through you. The greatest way that people at your office and in your neighborhood are going to be reached for Jesus is not going to be uh, by you watching. It's going to be by you participating. And Jesus wants to use your story to reach people that are far from him. Can I get an amen on that? And so we're going to go after just one more, right? But in that, we started talking about our code. And so as the Heart of the House series is going on, we're, we're looking at our code, and, and in our code, there's different things that we are using. We use them as filters. These are things that we tell who we are. Last week, we talked about just one more, right? That we'll spare no expense because just one more is worth it. And today, I want to talk to you about this idea that our passion drives our pursuit. Turn to your neighbor and say, passion. Then say, pursuit. Now look on the person on the other side of you. You just neglected, right? Say, passion, pursuit. That means we are... We're going to let our passion drive our pursuit. But in that, there are some things we want to talk about today. The first one that I want to talk to you about is the idea that here at TC and as Christians, we walk what we talk. We walk what we talk. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm walking. So we walk what we talk. How many guys have ever met religious people that didn't have an ounce of Jesus in them? They, they, do, they do a good job talking Jesus, but they don't necessarily do a good job walking Jesus. And how many of you guys know what the world needs is not more people telling them what they're doing wrong. They need more people telling them how to do something right. I don't need more people condemning me for the things that I already know are areas of my life that are jacked up. I need someone coming along beside me saying, this is where you can find the truth in that. This is where you can find a way of escape for you. Jesus has come so that you don't have to be that anymore. You get to be this now. And as believers, we want to walk what we talk. And I can't speak for every church, but I can speak for ours and say here at TC, we're going to be walkers, not just talkers. And so we want to do that. First Corinthians 13, one through three uh, says this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others. Turn your neighbor and say, love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. How many of y'all know people that come around and they just noisy gongs and clanging cymbals? You can't wait for them to shut up. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Hear me today. You can talk all you want to, but people want to see if God is in you. They want to know who Jesus is in your life. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I want you to think for a second. I want you to imagine for a second a church. Imagine a church that where when one person hurts, we all hurt. I want you to imagine for a second a church that when one person is grieving, we're all grieving. I want you to imagine a a church where if one person of one race is hurting because something is going on in a community, in other races we can't understand, I don't need to know the details of it to know if you're hurting, I'm hurting. I don't need the political agenda behind my motivation to say that if my brother is hurting, I'm going to hurt too. But you know what that also means? That also means that if you're celebrating, I'm celebrating That means if God finally reached out and saved your son that was in addiction and he was broken and he was lost, but by his grace he reached out and he opened his eyes and now his faith is in Jesus. If that has happened, mean you are celebrating together. That means that every time you hurt, I hurt. What would it mean if people saw the church being the church rather than seeing the church just having church? Because what it means to walk In this body, it means that we walk together. It means we do this together. It means that we work so that we can create unity. It means that we promote everything. Whoever you are, wherever you're sitting, wherever God has brought you from, when you hurt, I hurt. And when you celebrate, I celebrate. John 13, 35 says your love, your strong love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Listen to me today. Not your Bible reading plan. Not how many days you spend praying. Right? Not how loud you sing or how well. Sometimes those don't go together. I'm not saying all those things aren't important because they are. What I'm saying is the world won't know how, go- how much Jesus is in you based on how much you can quote the Bible because Satan's memorized the whole thing. The world will know if we are his disciples by how we love one another. And hear me today. I'm here to let you know that maybe you've searched high and large. You've looked everywhere for people that could just stand next to you. I'm here to tell you in this house, you've got people that will. That's why I love small groups so much. I love small groups because it's like so easy to get connected, stay connected and be rooted in people that want to build you up. How many of y'all you know life got a good way of bringing people around you that are more than happy to tear you down? Right? Don't nudge them if they're sitting next to you. That's awkward, okay? So, but we need to be building people up. Why? We said it last week. Some people need a demonstration of God before they get a revelation of God. Some people need that demonstration before they get that revelation. Carl Lentz puts it like this. We will walk it like we talk it so more people will want it. We will walk it like we talk it so that more people will want it. And so we want to reach those people. Next, we're going to see what God sees. Here at TC, we see what God sees. You see, how many of you have ever had someone speak life into you before? Anybody ever had someone speak life into you? Has, have you ever had someone look at you and tell you who they saw you becoming, not who you were now? Has anyone kind of declared and spoke prophetically into your life or, or, or spoke into things that weren't yet as if they already were and said, yeah, I see that you're this, but I see that God wants you to be this. Anyone ever done that before? Isn't that an amazing feeling to know that just who you are today isn't the end of who God wants you to be tomorrow? That God has a promise that he wants to stir up and fulfill in you. And here at Transformation Church, I'm not just interested in who you are today. I want to see who God sees in you. I want to see the version of you that God sees that you can be. I want to see the potential. I want to see the promise. I want to see the purpose. I want to see what God unlocks in your life. I'm not so much interested in where you came from, but I'm very interested in where you're going. Because your story matters. What God does in your life and through your life matters. Mark 6, 34, Jesus is traveling and it says that when Jesus landed on the banks of a shore, he saw a large crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Have you ever been in your life in a phase where you were searching for something and you didn't even know what you were searching for? Have you ever been at that point in your life where you didn't know what you needed, but you knew you needed more than what you had? And I'm not just talking about money, although we can all agree we've been there, okay. I'm talking about, have you ever knew that the amount of peace you had wasn't as much a peace as you needed? Have you ever been walking through something? And what you were walking through You saw it and you knew right away that what I currently have in my life, whether it's peace, whether it's joy, whether it's righteousness, whether it's gentle, whatever it is, whatever you are needing is bigger than what you currently have in you. You want to know why? Because what's in you isn't all that God has for you. God has something bigger and better, and he wants to put more in your life. He wants to bring more into what you have. He wants to speak and declare. He wants to generate all of these things. But hear me today, it's an idea that this is a journey. How many guys would love the wa method by God, where he just wa you with whatever you needed? How many of y'all ever prayed, God, just give me patience in my job today? Anybody ever done that before? Give me patience. Y'all know he don't just give you patience, right? He just puts you in situations to use patience. So y'all gonna stop praying for that now, huh? Like, Dad, man, I it's wraps. But in all honesty, how many of you know what you have currently isn't what you're gonna need for the next battle? You see, every time God wants to do an increase in your life, he's gonna prove to you that you're not quite ready for what you're about to come against. And then when he comes through for you, he shows you that you're never ready by yourself, but you're always enough with him. And so God constantly, so y'all, y'all have probably heard the scripture. It says that our, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. You guys have heard that before, probably his strength is made perfect in our weakness. You want to know why? Because it's only in our weakness that we realize that we're not enough, but that his strength always will be. So as we navigate this journey, we have to recognize that God wants to see in us. He wants to see the things in us. And here at Transformation Church, we want to see the things in you that haven't even happened yet. And I want to take it from a spiritual level to a tangible level. I believe that some of you, God has birthed in you business ideas for you to be entrepreneurs, and you never started it because for whatever reason, you never felt like it was the right time, or you never felt like you had the support, or you just thought it was a good idea, but you kept pushing it aside. And I'm here to tell you that God sees something in you, and we see something in you, and we want to declare over you that victory and success and blessing is set aside you for you, and you can go through whatever you've gone through in your life, whatever you've come through, whatever situations and difficulties have come your way, none of them have to stop what God wants to do in you because God has set aside purpose for you that he wants to declare that where you are is no longer who you have to be, but where he wants to take you and who he wants you to become is full of life and purpose. God wants these things for you, but you have to want them for yourself. But I'm here to tell you at Transformation Church, we see what God sees. That's why I love texting people. When God drops people in my heart, when he kind of speaks to my mind, sometimes I'll just get a a thought of someone. Some of you guys have have been on the receiving end of this before. He'll he'll occasionally just kind of bring someone to my mind, and I'll just reach out and text you guys and just say, hey, man, I'm just letting you know that I'm praying for you, and I believe in you, and I got you that God is going to come through in whatever situation you need him to. And it never fails that that person has your back. He's like, bro, you have no idea. I was just having the worst day of my life, and this has happened, and this has happened, and, and you'll never know. And I'm like, man, all the glory to God. You want to know why? Because God is looking out for you. God is taking care of you. And as a church, we want to take care of each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, take care of each other. Here at TC, we recognize That we live in a society where titles give people power. Any of y'all ever had a boss that didn't know what they were doing, but they had the title? Mm -hmm, That's what I thought. We live in a society where titles give people power, not realizing that people should give titles power. If you become something, the fact that you are in that position is what gives it power, not the fact that it is a position And hear me for a second today. Some of you have been looking for titles, but you haven't been looking for power. And I mean power in the positive way, not in the negative light that we usually assign it to. Some of you have been looking for titles, but you don't want the authority. We want to be known for something, but we don't want to be known for something that requires us to have to put in the work. Hear me for a second today. There is no blessing that comes from God that doesn't have the benefits of God, but also have requirements from God. And we have to be ready to put our foot forward and start saying yes to the things of God in our life. Why? Because we will see the gold in people. We will go for the gold in people. Hear me today. I believe that there is gold inside each and every one of you. I believe that there is gold power. I believe that there is faith. I believe that there is purpose. I believe that there is destiny. I believe that there is potential inside each and every person in this room. Wherever you've come from, whatever you've gone through, I believe inside of you is purpose and potential. I believe inside of you is a destiny that is to be unlocked in God to accomplish something great in this world and we will see the gold in you. How many of you know for some people you got to look past a lot of dirt to see the gold? Hear me for a second. Don't get self-righteous on me. How many of y'all know you got some dirt in your life? How many of you are better at hiding it than other people? How many of you are honest would say that uh, sometimes you look down on other people's dirt not looking at your own? See how I took my hand down? I ain't trying to raise my hand for that. But here's the deal. All of us got stuff in our life. But if someone looked past your dirt to see your gold, can we all acknowledge we need to look past other people's dirt to see their gold? Inside every single one of you, God has something in you that is special, that is something in you that no one else can do except for you. The unique calling of God on your life is the same as your thumbprint. It is unique and destined for just you. And God wants to unlock that. And at TC, we want to speak life into that. I remember Pastor Dan was in a constant state of uh, doing this as we were growing up. And so many times he would go out and he would see people uh, that, uh, quite honestly, as a young child, I would look right past because I was more concentrated on what I wanted than what God wanted for me at that time. But I was young. But I remember growing up in Pastor Dan's house. I I don't know how many $5 bills he had, but however many homeless people we ran into on any given day, he had at least that many. Every person that was hurting, Pastor Dan was never in too big of a hurry that he missed out on reaching lost people. If they were hurting, it was his mission to help them know who Jesus was and to let them know that someone cared for them. And that has marked my life forever. And so we need to start seeing people. I think about David in the Bible, who was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper, wrote Psalms. He also had an affair. And the last recorded words of the Bible was, I want that man's head on a platter. I think about Peter. The only other person to walk on water. Follow Jesus. Swore to Jesus, I'll be yours forever. I'll never deny you. Denying him three times and cut a dude's ear off. I know some of y'all can associate with that guy. I think about Judas traveled with Jesus. One of the disciples betrayed him for silver. I think about Elijah in the Old Testament, who was a prophet, who did amazing things for God, yet he consistently is bipolar, angry, and full of anxiety, and constantly narcissistic the whole time he's doing it. I think about Paul. Killed and persecuted Christians. Wrote the better half of the New Testament. Listen, some of you have been disqualifying yourself for far lesser things than what God chose people for in the Bible. There's nothing separating you from purpose except the thoughts in your mind. God is ready to do amazing things in your life. John 10.10 says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. One of the people that constantly gives life into our church is our girl Lydia, who's our coach over the TC kids. Yeah, she's clutch, man. She speaks life into everywhere she goes, including our children, which I think is one of the most important things you can possibly do. Speak life into our kids. And she does it in an amazing way, but she went through Freedom. Our small groups uh, last semester, she went to the Freedom small groups, and it transformed her life. And so rather than me tell you her story, I want to let her tell her story. So we're going to have roll of that, guys. Go ahead and roll it.
1: so i'm originally from a small town in alabama um i was born and raised in enterprise grew up in a small community i went to college at auburn university boreal Um, played soccer in college Majored in radio television and film Um, worked in television news for a little bit and then i went to law school Um, And now I work here in Pensacola as an attorney. Freedom group would have been in the spring for me. That's the semester that I joined, but I was thinking about it probably in the fall. And I say that because Brittany Simon, I was in Brittany's um, girls time group on Friday nights, got extremely close to her and um, other girls. And Brittany said that her and Ashley Ladd were going to be doing a freedom group in the spring. I mean, the word freedom, in and of itself, you realize that that's gonna unpack some things that you may not quite be ready to unpack. I was a little nervous at first, but then I realized all those feelings are so silly to have based on the same feelings that you have in any other small group. A little nervous the first time, but then you just come to realize that these are young ladies who struggle with things just like you do. In fact, I mean, I remember specifically, there is a chapter in the Freedom book on forgiveness. And I remember I opened it and my book stop was on forgiveness as the title and I shut the book and I walked away. And I said, nope, we'll try this again in two days because at that moment I knew I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. I took some time to honestly just vent my frustrations to God and then I opened it and I worked through it. It wasn't something where I was able to get through that chapter in one day. I took it honestly, I think I did a page and a half at a time, and um, I made it through. I don't think that I have ever been to a more powerful conference than Freedom. Um, I cried. I know for a fact um, the first three times that I went up there, and every time that I went up there, it wasn't it wasn't on emotion. It was the spirit of the Lord because there was it was very interesting. Every time that I went up there and met a young woman who prayed for me who didn't know me but they were able to talk to me and to empathize with me. And every time that we had a different topic that we addressed, they had gone through it as well. And it was one of the most powerful things that I've ever done is to confront the beast that you know, you've know you had some issues with before, um, harboring some feelings that you knew you had to work through. And freedom essentially made me work through it, and I'm so grateful that it did.
0: powerful story guys all of our small groups launch in just a couple weeks and, and we have slots open in all of our freedom groups right now and if you want God to help transform that area of your life man sign up I want to encourage you sign up don't hesitate because the purpose in you is sometimes inhibited by your past and God wants to remove some things from you so that he can get you on track with where he wants you to go Because the purpose is in you. The destiny is in you. The plan is already established. We just got to start saying yes. Can I get amen from that? The last one, we'll give you this. We let our passion drive our pursuit. The title of this sermon, we let our passion drive our pursuit. You see, our love for Jesus displays our love for you. So I told you about my wife, how she loves surprises. So the uh, the other day, she went on a work trip. Because of what we've gone over, gone through the last four or five years, she didn't get to travel a lot, at least not without me, which I think is her favorite way to travel. But she was on a work trip, and so uh, uh, I, I texted her, and I said, hey, if something happens to you, I just need to know like what, what hotel you're in and what your room number is. Very nonchalant, you know. And so she said, oh, I'm here, and here's my room number. I said, oh, okay, good. So I hit up Edible Arrangements, because she really loves the chocolate-covered strawberries and stuff. So I had him sent to a room. So she walked in, and there's all this edible arrangement stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The Lord blessed that house when she got back. <laughs> Gentlemen? Yes. Okay. But all that to say, uh, all that to say is she she loves those. Little things, but it's different for me when I'm I'm not trying to occasionally love my wife. But how different is it when I'm on a constant mission of looking for ways that I can love her better? My question for some of us is we shouldn't be occasionally looking for people that are far from God. We shouldn't occasionally be declaring hope. We should be on a constant mission of talking about, introducing people to, and introducing the hope of the gospel into people's lives. That's what God wants for us. So the idea behind our passion drives our pursuit is that if Jesus loves us, or better yet, if I love Jesus and Jesus loves them, then I love them. My passion for God drives me to love the people that God loves, even the people that may get on my nerves sometimes. John 14 15 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What that really means is, if you would just love me and even love the people that I love, you won't have to work hard at keeping my commandments. If you'll just love me, you'll keep my commandments. And part of loving God is loving the people that God loves. Our phrase under the idea that our passion drives our pursuit is this one phrase: "We will love what He loves because we love Him." And how many of you love God today? Only seven of us. Perfect. I'm just kidding. How many of us love God? How many of us love God today? Amen. Let me give you this. Luke 15:5 through 7 just has a quick story where they talk about different stories in the Bible, and it says, "And when He finds it, He will joyfully." Uh, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, Rejoice. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to. So our ushers are going to pass something out to you real quick. They're going to go ahead and just go ahead and dish them out, guys, quickly because I'm, I'm running a few minutes behind. So they're going to start to pass some buckets and in them are lifesavers. I want you to take a lifesaver out. Don't eat it, okay? I know how some of y'all think. I want you to grab a lifesaver. Just take it. Hold it, hold it in your hand for a second. And here's the mission that I want to challenge you with. How many guys know that how many of you guys have ever been hurting before and you wanted help? How many of you guys have ever been lost before and you knew you needed help? How many of you have ever been in a place where you had no hope, no joy, no peace, and you needed help? How many of you have ever been eating up with anxiety or depression and you needed help? How many of y'all, y'all didn't need the Greek word for Jesus, and you don't need the Greek word for life or you just want somebody to throw you one. Can I get an amen? Well, here's what I want you to do. When you're drowning, you don't need the Greek word for life raft. You just need someone to throw you one. And the people in your life don't need all of the details of your faith. They just need you to be a lifesaver. And here's what I want to challenge you to do with that lifesaver. I want all of you to just take just a moment. I want you to think of someone that is far from God right now. Someone that's lost. Right now, just get them in your head. Someone far from God that needs Jesus in their life. You got them? I want you to keep that lifesaver. And the day that they come to church with you because you're on mission now and I want you to go reach that one person, not 50, not 101. I want you to introduce them to Jesus but I, I want you to bring them to church and when they come to church with you and we get ready for the moment we're about to have in just a second where I ask you to bow your heads and we all close our eyes, I want you to peek. And when their hand goes up and says, I want Jesus in my life. Hear me today, there's no greater feeling you'll ever have than to know that God used you to reach someone that was going to hell, but now they're going to heaven. Don't eat that lifesaver, but the day they raise their hand and say yes to Jesus, then you can have it. Put it in your pocket. Y'all know y'all got that place at home where you drop your keys every time you get there. Put it with your keys. When you grab your keys in the morning, grab the Lifesaver too because we're always gonna be on mission. Why? Our passion drives our pursuit. D.T. Niles says this, and we'll pray. Evangelism is really just one beggar telling another where to find bread. We've all been beggars before, but we all know some people that need to find the bread let's introduce him to Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just love you and we thank you today. We give our life to you. Use us to reach lost people in Jesus' name. If you're in this room and you just need God in your life, this is really simple. You need to be forgiven of your sins. You need to put your faith in Jesus and you need God to restore hope to you. If that is you and you're ready to say yes to God, Right where you said, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. We just want to pray for you. If that's you and you're saying, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God right now. One, two, three. I need God in my life, Pastor. Yes. Awesome. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I told you we're not going to embarrass you. We just want to help you. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Are there more that says, that's me, Pastor? Yes. Praise God. Yes. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I just need God in my life. And I need Jesus to transform me. And give me a fresh start. Maybe you're watching online and that's you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that says you're giving your life to Jesus. And so today, we're all going to pray this together. And the whole church is going to pray with you. So you're not praying by yourself, but I want to ask you to repeat after me. But mean these words. And God is going to transform your life. Say, dear Jesus forgive me forgive me of my sins forgive me of my wrongs make me clean make me pure make me whole I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later through your life through your death and through your resurrection I can be saved So I believe in you. I want to follow you, and I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. T.C., can we put our hands together for all of those that prayed that today, perhaps for the first time? Amazing, amazing, amazing.
1: Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.